COVID-19 numbers continue to rise. Is President Trump finally going to concede the election? And how does a vaccine affect the market? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. The market is booming today after a few tough days this week, starting out on fire, slowing down midweek, and now we are back on fire here. The U.S. stock market is moving higher. The Dow Jones is up 361 points as of right now. NASDAQ up 93 points and the S&P 500 up 41 points. As we can see, the Dow Jones is once again into the S&P 500, outperforming the NASDAQ, the tech-heavy NASDAQ, and well, it just goes to show what is going on within the market. We're seeing more rotation today, not as much. If you look at a heat map, for instance, you see a broader market increase. A lot of the market is up. We have technology up. We have communication services up. We have consumer defenses, financials. Everything's really green today. It's a broader market increase, but the uh, value side of things is definitely seeing more of an increase versus tech. Now, this is exactly the time when you want to get in on some of those great COVID names. I want you to hold those COVID names and we want a barbell portfolio set up. I've been trying to push that a little, not much. I think I've mentioned it once or twice throughout the past few episodes, but a barbell is going to get you through the next few months the easiest. And that's exactly what everyone has been preaching throughout COVID-19. And we have, well, COVID-19 is booming. Um, unfortunately, COVID-19 numbers are just increasing rapidly. The U.S. added 153,000 cases on Thursday, and that is just simply no bueno. No good, people. The seven-day average is now up 130 to 131,400 cases, up 32% since last week. I don't like that, and we have 67,000 people hospitalized across the United States due to COVID-19. Now, you're probably asking yourself, oh, well, do I just go by the stay-at-home name since COVID's going through the roof? Not exactly. I want you to have stay-at-home names. And if a deal comes in on these stay-at-home names, buy them. But there's some names that aren't exactly stay-at-home names. They're just great names that benefit from COVID-19 that I think you should pick up. Um, more specifically, I'm going to push it again right off the bat. Take two in UPS. Um, I hold them both in my portfolio. Full disclaimer, that's not why I'm pushing them, though. It is because there's a lot of promise in these names. Um, Take two is still at 162, so that's a solid price. And UPS is hardly up today. I'm not sure why UPS um, has been acting the way it has. It should be up much more than this. They're going to have a stellar holiday season. Um, FedEx might be another option if you're looking to get on the shipping names. Uh, but I prefer UPS. But we're not here to talk about just Take-Two and UPS because we talk about those all the time. But we're here to talk about the broader market. So COVID-19 cases are up. And the market is seeing quite a bit of rotation today, but not as much as we saw at the beginning of the week. Names like Disney and Boeing are going up. And if you take a look at Disney earnings, which they had last night, um, we're going to take a look, quick look at these. And I'm going to give you my perspective on Disney real quick. So taking a look at Disney, they did beat expectations. Um, EPS came in at negative 20 cents, a loss of 20 cents versus um, a loss of 71 cents. Net income, unfortunately, was net, uh, a loss of $710 million. Ouch. 
And revenues are down uh, 23%, but they did beat expectations. They came in at $14.71 billion. Now, that's not why Disney was up. Um, Disney was up because they reported stellar subscription numbers out of Disney+. Plus. Disney+, Plus has now over 73 million paid subscribers um, as of the third quarter, which is great. But they also said right on top of that, um, that due to COVID-19, they have COVID-19 cost them $2.1 billion in operating income within the parks experience and product segment. So I don't really like that. Um, and I'm urging caution. I don't want you to go buy Disney right now. I think it could come down some, um, at the end of the day, we're still going through COVID and due to COVID-19, Disney's a huge part of Disney's business is affected and that's a worry to me. The fact that the stock is only going off of Disney plus something that's not all of Disney scares me. And I still want you to be cautious with Disney, but if you don't have any and you want a reopening play, um, it is being upgraded by the analysts today. Um, RBC upgraded it, um, to outperform. Now, whether you like Disney or not, and their business outlook, in the long run, if you have, like, say, a five-year perspective, we are going to come out of COVID-19, not even five years, probably two. We are going to come out of COVID-19, and Disney's business is going to come back. But will shares get cheaper as cases rise and possible lockdowns come into effect? It could. So I'm urging caution on Disney. I'm not saying don't buy it. If you want some nibble on it, but don't be buying a ton. Don't be opening up a full position all the way up here right now. Now, Taking a look at some headlines, taking a look at what could affect the market in the coming weeks. And we have to dig into some of the politics in this country. And I'm not going to pick any side, just government positions. We'll call it government instead of politics. So President Trump, he's been losing these lawsuits. Biden's taking the lead pretty steadily now. Um, and it's looking like Biden has this thing in the bag. And therefore, if Trump concedes, say, over the weekend, the market could see a major increase because that takes off a major worry, that takes off a major risk, that Donald Trump's going to go crazy for some reason. I don't think that was ever a risk, but some people thought so, and the market thinks so. So that if, if President Trump concedes, the market's going to go up on that, and we are going to see him, um, not him, we're going to see Biden take, in, uh, take over on the COVID-19 things. He's going to get some good press, and of course... Um, we're going to see this transition start and the market is going to like that because they are comforted by a peaceful transition of power, just like most Americans. Now, it looks like Biden has one and the market likes that. But at the same time, that doesn't close it all off because the market really doesn't care as much about the president as they do the Senate. Yes, that's right. The Senate. The market cares a lot about the Senate, and here's why. Um, a lot of the policies that the Biden administration is arguing for, such as much higher taxes, um, the repeal of the Trump tax cuts, which would raise taxes on pretty much everybody across the country, um, all of those things mixed with some foreign policy uh, cures and theirs, the market doesn't extremely like that. And the reason they don't like that is because no one likes higher taxes. So the market will see it as a negative if Biden gets, if the Democrats get, you know, a full swing at passing their policies. But I'm not dissing their policies. I'm simply saying what the market likes and doesn't like. Now, 
So the Senate races, it looks like it's going to come down to the runoff races in Georgia. So that is going to be a major catalyst for the market. If the Democrats win those, which the likelihood is that they're not going to, but if they do, the market might sell off on that news a little, maybe have maybe have a rough day or two on that news. But if Republicans hold it, the market will like that. And most of all, it's not the policies, but it's the gridlocked government. Um, the market likes it when we have a government that does nothing. And with a Republican Senate and a Democratic president and a I mean, if you really wanted to call the justices on the Supreme Court um, by political affiliation, Republicans hold the Supreme Court. And then the House is Democratic. So it's a very gridlocked government, and it would pretty much cause a four years of nothing um, in Washington. And the market likes that because historically, the markets turn out some of their best historic runs under a gridlocked uh, government. Now, because of all this, because of these races, because President Trump hasn't conceded, um, because Republicans don't want to have as such a big stimulus deal, which is understandable on some economic basis. Um, at the same time, there's no agreement on stimulus. And because of this, the market is not going to like that. And that's another catalyst that you have to watch out for. Stimulus, stimulus, stimulus. Watch out for stimulus. If we don't get stimulus until next year, this market could sell off if we definitively get an answer that there's no stimulus coming. Um, the market desperately wants stimulus still. I still believe it. And if we were to get stimulus and President Trump were to concede and all three of these things I'm going through went the way for the positive market, the market could run a lot more. But the likelihood of all three of those things happening smoothly, like butter over the weekend and over the next week, is unlikely. So watch out for those three things. And we have to talk about this vaccine. So I actually just went through an article on CNBC um, talking about how Goldman Sachs sees the vaccine affecting the market. Now, Goldman Sachs believes that a great portion of the United States will be vaccinated by the end of the first half of 2021. Therefore, they're basically predicting that we're on a solid path to a comeback. We're on a solid path to getting out of this thing by the end of the first half of 2021. Could be. There's a solid chance, I think. Um, And what we have to take into consideration is what's that going to do to the market. And every time I believe we get positive vaccine news, because we've only gotten one. We've only gotten really one from Pfizer. Um. Every time we get one out of, say, a J&J or a Moderna, if we get good news out of them too and they get 80-90% efficacy, what you're going to see is the market continually rotate on those headlines and probably see a week just like now. They drop the news at the beginning of the week. The market rotates on that. The reopening plays go up because we got more good vaccines. And then throughout the week, we realize, oh, COVID numbers are still spiking. We won't get that till later in 2021. So that is something to keep into consideration. That is how I see the vaccine affecting the market. Now, I want to talk about a special name that I actually, we just, the, me and the team just dropped a breakdown on this thing at Running With The Money. It's on runningwiththemoney.com. I want to talk about the trade desk. Um, it's a name that I actually didn't know about until a few months ago when I started watching it. And boy, has this thing just run big time. Now, the trade desk is it's an excellent name. Um, their fundamentals are solid, and I'm going to run through them here. So the Trade Desk, it, it's a major software and IT services company, and in essence, their platform offers their cl customers, their clients, um, 
the ability to purchase digital advertising campaigns on an array of advertising formats. For instance, um, connected TV, mobile video, and audio are three main things um, that they offer, um, three main segments they offer. So digging through the numbers, um, the stock price is quite high and it tends to ride high. In fact, its valuation right now is a bit stretched, but the fundamentals are so good um, and the outlook on growth is solid enough that I think you might be able to pay a premium for this name, surprisingly. I don't often say that, but I think you might be able to pay a premium for the trade desk. So digging into it, we see that the 52-week high is $847. The 52-week low is $136. So it has run a lot this year, going from $136 to $847. Huge run. Um, it's actually down six points today, another six points. It went up big time on earnings, I believe, last week. Um, but digging into these numbers. So for Q3, these are Q3 earnings. Um EPS beat with an EPS of $1.27 versus the $0.43 cent expectation, so big beat on EPS. Revenues came in at $216.1 million. That's up 32% year-over-year, so another name seeing huge growth. Uh, in net income of $41.2 million, up from $19.4 million in 2019, so that is also very solid. So digging into those three segments in which they sell um, advertising, Connected TV, um, omnichannel spend increased 100%, mobile video spend increased 70%, and audio um, omnichannel spend increased 70%. So that's great. Their customer reta uh, retention was held steady above 95 for the fifth year in a row. That is solid. I really liked that detail. And the adjusted EBITDA came in at $77.2 million. So I liked the earnings for Q3. I liked the growth they were seeing. Solid numbers. Anytime I see 32% year-over-year revenue growth um, and solid growth on net income along with a big beat on EPS, I'm intrigued and this intrigued me. Now, their guidance was also nothing to bicker at. Their guidance was, in fact, excellent. Revenues of $287 million to $291 million are expected in the fourth quarter of 2020, with an adjusted EPTA of at least, this is on quote, they said at least $115 million. And that's up big from the already in Q3 77.2 million. And that is definitely up big from the Q4 2019 level. So I really like the growth that the trade desk is seeing here. And, you know, digital advertising is becoming a thing of the future, especially with e-commerce. And I believe that the trade desk is capitalizing on that. I believe that the trade desk is capitalizing on any form of digital advertising and I think they're a solid pick on, on a long-term basis. Now, digging into the balance sheet. The balance sheet, I was also very impressed with. Total debt, only $72 million. Now, if you're new to investing, you're like, wow, $72 million to bucks, that's a lot of debt. But this is a major company. Most major companies have a ton of debt. Look at the Apple balance sheet, a ton of debt. But debt is often used to scale. And obviously, they've been able to scale without taking on much debt. So their total debt as of the third quarter was $72 million. Their total liabilities um, came in as of the third quarter at $1.306 billion. Um, total assets, $2.13 billion. And total cash and short-term investments of $557 million. So excellent numbers. They could easily um, get rid of that debt just based on those levels their liabilities are far outsized by their assets, which is excellent. Um, so the balance sheet, I'm 
quite happy with. Now, taking a look at the valuation, and this is where I start to um, get a little bit, a little bit nervous about this name. But it's one of the only negatives to it is the valuation itself. The valuation the stock market is giving the trade desk. Um, current price to earnings, at least when I last checked, which was yesterday, was two hundred and twenty-two point two times. That's high. Now it's not near as high as some of these other names um, that have gone crazy, um, but. It is quite high, a price to sales of 41.52 times, a price to book of 36.33 times, and a price to cash flow of 155.42 times. Okay numbers, not the best, but okay numbers um, on the valuation side of things. Now, finally digging into it, we have to see what the analyst in the big money is doing, and I like what the big money is doing. So I took a look. What's the institution uh, institutional ownership? It's 79.85%. A little lower than what I um, consider like excellent, but 79.85%, basically 80%. I like it. Top holders include the Vanguard Group, Bailey Gifford & Co., and of course, Morgan Stanley Investment Management. Um, all three of those, to me, signify, you know, it's quite bullish. They have quite big holdings. If you break down who owns this thing, a lot of big firms and mutual funds and hedge funds own it. Um, pretty much everyone has a chunk of it. If you really dig into the ownership, a lot of people own it. And a lot of people on the street are recommending it right now. And well, I'm kind of somewhat doing the same thing um, because, you know, the fundamentals are there. The growth is there as we saw in the earnings. And when you look at the high price target on this thing from the analyst, you know, it's 925 bucks a share. That's up 25%. Um, some people think it can break over 900. Some people think it pulls back um, and it does have a gap to fill. If you look at it, there is a gap and that is something to consider you know, and it, it's within a tight range. It could fill that gap. I don't think it does, um, but it could. And if it does fill that gap, well, you're, you're going to want to pick it up because you're going to be able to get shares at a much cheaper price. But in any fashion, um, the mean price target is at $731.88. That is a loss of 1.2% as of yesterday, but it's down six points today. So it's probably not even close. Um, and then the low price target is 500 bucks a share, which I don't see it going down the 500 per share. I don't honestly see it going down to 600 per share or even 650 per share. But, you know, that's just what some people think. That's what some analysts down the street think it's going to do. I highly disagree. I think Trade Desk is a um, one you can pick up here. I think one you can buy. Don't don't go all in because it could pull back a little more through this rotation we're seeing. Um, but you never know. Maybe start nibbling on it. I think it's a great long-term investment. Now, digging in to next week. Next week, we have some big names reporting earnings. We have Walmart, Home Depot, and Lowe's all reporting. And that's going to give us insight into what's going on within the retail big box. Um, what's going on with that? I expect to see some stellar numbers. Um, due to COVID-19, a lot of people are stuck inside. They're not going out near as much. And they're finding it easier to shop in the big box stores um, because, well, the malls aren't open. A lot of people are also doing home improvement. And that's where um, Home Depot and Lowe's come into play is a lot of people are stuck at home. A lot of people are continually staying at home with lockdown or not do the COVID-19 and they're wanting to do some upgrades to the home to make it more comfortable, a little more enjoyable while they are at home throughout this pandemic. So I can see some probably, I believe Home Depot and Lowe's will probably see some pretty good numbers, but you never know. And it will be interesting to see that. Um, overall, digging into the market today, some names that I am liking. Now, by the time this comes out, uh, the market will be closed, but some names I'm liking for Monday morning. We'll do that. Um, 
I'm still liking a lot of the stay-at-home plays, not really the banks. If you want a bank, I think you go with Goldman Sachs. Um, I think it's one of the best banks or Bank of America. I like both of them, and they're both up today. Goldman Sachs a little more than the rest, but I really like Goldman Sachs because they can profit off that volatility um, in case the market sees any more of it to the COVID-19. So I like that they have some protection to COVID. Um, Digging into some other names, let's see, Amazon, Apple, I like them both. NVIDIA, I like them. Um, In fact, in a portfolio I manage, I own all three. So I really like Apple, Amazon, and NVIDIA. I think they're excellent names. And, you know, NVIDIA is down seven today. Maybe you know on some of that. Um, Monday morning, you never know. Now, digging into broader tech, there's been a lot of headlines on Salesforce. Um, And I completely disagree with the consensus that you sell Salesforce. Salesforce is an excellent company. They're going to see huge growth throughout the next five to 10 years. And honestly, it's a great long-term investment. Google, I believe it's one of the most undervalued FANG stocks. Yes, I used undervalued in Google in the same exact sentence. Um, Compared to the other FANG stocks, Alphabet's actually close to much less... Um, it's, it's out of favor with the rest of the FANG stocks. It doesn't get as much love as the Apple and the Amazon. And I firmly believe that it's an excellent name. It's quite undervalued compared to the others if you really dig into the numbers. So I very much like Google. But um, it is expensive. It's still 1775 bucks a share. So unless you're willing to pay up for that, um, I, I really don't know. There's a huge variety of people listening to this. I think Google's also a long-term investment, a great one. Um, I think in the next five years, Google's going to knock it out of the park and continue to. Now, taking a look at some other names I like. Man, everything's green. It's hard to recommend stuff on green days. Um, Tesla. We have to talk about Tesla at some point. Maybe I'll talk about that on Monday. But Tesla, 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 currently around 406. A bunch of people thinking these new car, uh, electric car plays, EV plays, are way better than Tesla. I happen to disagree. While I like competition, um, Tesla has one thing that a lot of these electric car startups don't, is Tesla has figured out the distribution. Tesla has figured out the sales. Tesla has figured out how to streamline the manufacturing. And that is something a lot of these startups have not yet done. And that is the hardest part that Tesla went through. That was Tesla's biggest challenge, was scaling, streamlining manufacturing, selling, and on top of that, distribution. Very tough for these EV companies, and I I am interested to see how they perform. Now, you can also say, oh, well, Ford and GM are coming into the mix. Yes, they are, but I see much more excitement um, out of the Tesla base. I see much more future growth out of Tesla than I do those uh, than I do Ford and GM because Tesla is really a tech company on wheels, as many are calling it. On the other hand, Ford and GM are not. Um, they are car companies and honestly they just don't turn out the best numbers anymore there's not much upside growth in them um, the stocks may be some upside growth but the company themselves the fundamentals not much anyway moving into some other names to cap out the show i it's tough to say but i really like marvel technologies i don't think it's too high here it's at 43 bucks a share they recently did an excellent acquisition once again and they are the ultimate 5g play I'll say it now, I'll say it again, and I'll say it anytime. If you want to play 5G, Marvel Technologies is to name to go with. And Abavi, oh my goodness. This thing went just from a few weeks ago. From what, 80 and now it's at 99? 
huge jumps out of ABV, but I think you could pick some ABV up here, start nibbling on it. It's a bit high. Maybe wait for a pullback, but I think you could. It's approaching that all-time high. If it breaks through that all-time high of 183, it could get a little more of a jump, but ABV is a great company, um, and if you don't have any in the portfolio, wait for a little pullback and then maybe pick some up because you might just get one, but in any fashion thank you for listening to today's show i hope you got something out of it i tried to go a little quicker today because it's a friday we all want to get off and have a great night but in any manner thank you very much for listening and remember the trade desk breakdown is on runningwiththemoney.com it's also on my twitter at luke donay give me a follow and if you have any questions please ask you can also follow me and my team on facebook and instagram where we post even more information at running with the money or if you want to pick up some sick gear some sick hoodies um that are branded just like wall street just what a trader would like maybe some eat sleep profit gear go to running with the money dot shop and check it out thank you all for listening have a great rest of your night and i will see you monday